So I told you before the break we were going to get into uh, some accusations that a certain conference is getting about gaming the system, all Mm -hmm. right? I'll just tell everybody it's the Big 12 that is being accused. I'm going to ask you to explain it, Sam. So this all started with Clemson's basketball coach, Brad Brownwell, on his radio interview that he did earlier this week calling out the Big 12 for gaming the system with the net rankings, with Ken Palm's offensive and defensive efficiency numbers because they played birthday cake schedules in the non-conference. They, they played just the softest, squishiest non-conference schedules possible, blew out these teams, and when you win games by a lot of points, you get almost like extra credit for that according to... The metrics, even and, even really bad teams, even really bad, and, teams. and also of course it's going to f- figure out in your metrics if you hold like these bad teams, and I know you're going to get to them to twenty percent shooting for a game that is factored in into your defensive efficiency. So, like for example, Iowa State, TJ TJ Otzelberger, former UNLV coach TJ Otzelberger, who is in the mix right now for. National Coach of the Year. He was on that same uh, watch list as Coach Richard Pitino. You look at Iowa State in the non-conference. They played Green Bay with our our friend Sun, uh, Sundance Wicks, the former Wyoming assistant, now the head coach at Green Bay. The Packers is that the that's right? Okay, go ahead. Uh, no, the Phoenix, Green Bay Phoenix, it's uh, such a see, great name. I throw out Packers like in this stupid kooky to use your word uh, way, and then you know the the name of their mascot well, I, at the at Green Bay. In your defense, that they, they kind of set up the logo. It's green and it's got the G, kind of like the Packers. But Green I Bay gotcha. Phoenix was Sundance Wicks. They played Lindenwood. Idaho State, Grambling, Prairie View A&M, Florida A&M, Eastern Illinois, and New Hampshire. And they lost, they lost two games, the only ones that were really respectable in the non-conference. They were in one of those MTEs, of one of those tournaments. They lost by nine points to Virginia Tech, and they lost by four points to Buzz Williams in Texas A&M, who's part of this conversation as well, because Buzz Williams was the one who was either last year or two years ago. He went on this whole... 20-minute diatribe presser about how the NCAA was out to get them and why Texas A&M was out of the conference, so just kind of tying all that together. But the point being, you got some of these teams where they're in the 200s, even the 300s in non-conference strength of schedule, according to Ken Palm, and this has now become the, this has become the talking point of the ACC. Like All the other coaches are now banding behind them almost as an echo chamber where this is now the message of the ACC is it's not fair that they're going to get more teams in the tournament than we are. First of all, if you're an Iowa State Cyclone fan, season ticket holder, you're looking at your tickets for the non-conference and saying, this is garbage. This is what I'm paying for? Oh my goodness, that's horrible. So uh, the, the proof is in the pudding with regard to the non-conference schedule of these teams in the Big 12. So the strength of schedule, you've got them, right? Yes. I want you to go through them real quick uh, and let these let everybody know what kind of non-conference strength of schedule these Big 12 teams had. And we're playing fast and loose with strength. It shouldn't even be called strength of schedule. It should be called weakness, weakness of, of schedule. Of good point. Yeah, Ken Palm's rankings for the non-conference weakness of schedule for the Big 12. You have the Houston Cougars. Again, this is their national ranking for non-conference strength of schedule. Houston Cougars, 225th in the country. The aforementioned Iowa State, 353rd. There were only 13 teams in the country that had a weaker schedule than Iowa State. 
Texas Longhorns 283rd, Texas Tech 270. You start to get a little bit more respectable with some of the other teams in there. Baylor was 117th, and then Kansas in the top 75. But most of these teams are playing nobodies. And I will say, as somebody whose non-conference schedule when I was in school featured a lot of these teams... That is how some of these schools fund their athletic departments is playing the likes of Houston and Texas in the non-conference. So you're kind of making the world go round, but it's it's a, like, it's a yeah. fair complaint. Well, I, uh, um, okay, first of all, yeah, you you are going to play the Lindenwoods of the world, but it's you got to back it up with something other than Prairie View and Grambling and all those kind of things. So so the I what I would guess if I'm a Big 12 coach is my defense would be listen like wait until the end of the year and see what our strength of schedule is like because we've got in off you know in some cases seven teams in the top 25. So uh Houston was 225 like you said they're sitting at 41 right now not horrible. Iowa State was like at 353, they're down to 71. Texas was at 283, they're now at 34th. Texas Tech was at 270, they're now at 48th. But get this, Kansas, who was at 70th, so they that are Kansas obviously did a reasonably good job of of non-conference, but I think a couple of theirs were like neutral site things as well. Right. Uh, but uh, they were 70th in the strength of schedule. They're now sixth. And Baylor was 117, and now their overall strength of schedule is fourth. So, uh, like, I, I do see, you know, the both sides of this, but what the point of this coach from Clemson, what's his name again? The uh, Clemson Tigers coach Brad Brownwell. Br- Brad Brownwell. He was actually at Wright State right before Coach Bradbury. Uh, hey, how yeah. about that? Bradbury told me one time, Coach Bradbury told me one time that like he was walking in to take the job at Wright State, and the guy's like, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, Bruce Brown, what? Bruce what? Brad Brownwell. Br- Brad Brownwell. Hey, Brad Brownwell, see you later. I'm on my way to Clemson, and he's Stayed around Clemson long enough to you know keep his job, obviously. But anyway, yeah, it's just one of those things that people are talking a lot about. Okay, so Richard Pitino today was asked about these accusations of the Big 12 gaming the system, so to speak. It's clear that the ACC is banding together. Uh, maybe it's a group text or a directive from the league, but the coaches are clearly um, all talking about it because I'm, I'm seeing different coaches um, talk about it. You know, Big 12 has always been a really good basketball conference. Uh, But there is, for sure, and I don't know, this is not me complaining, but there seems to be a bit of, you know, win by a lot if you can. It it just seems like that. Um, For me, from a, a Mountain West perspective, the key to our league, in my opinion, is not, like, we lost to Air Force. We didn't bring it. We weren't good. I coached a bad game. We all didn't play well. The key, in my opinion, is to get the bottom of our league to really, really commit to basketball to where one loss can't really hurt you. Um, And I think that's where the Big 12 is at right now. I think the Nets, how many teams are in the Big 12? 11? I don't even know. It's something weird. But the Nets, what is it, 10? 14. 14. So all of them are really, really good. And that's the key to our league is to get because you look at right now, we're, we're on the bubble and we're 25 in the net. Um, how do we get it to where 
you're like the Big 12 where everybody's in the top 100 or whatever it is, so it continues to be more competitive. So I don't think anyone's wrong in the sense of blowing teams out, helping your net. Like, that is proven to be a fact for sure. Um, but I also don't think the Big 12 should apologize for it either. I really don't. So it's interesting. I mean, you have a new metric. I don't know how long the net's been out, five, six years, whatever. Um, and so it's there's a little bit of unknown, but it just seems like the, the committees are just team sheet, quad one, two, three, four, figure it out. But it does seem to benefit if you blow teams out. All right, that's Coach Richard Patino there. So um, the Lobos to some degree, benefited from playing a 211th-ranked non-conference schedule, and they did blow people out as well. So so Lobos, just in case you're wondering, non-conference strength of schedule 211, currently at 87. So a follow-up question to Coach Richard Pitino about how he may have benefited from this same thing that the Big 12 is getting accused of. See, interesting question, you know, because every fan base in the country complains about non-conference schedules, especially fan bases that care. They're always going to say you need a tougher. That's like it's a rite of passage. And I think the last two years we've put ourselves in a position to make the NCAA tournament. Who knows what we do the next three games as well as even last year. If we didn't drop what Air Force and Wyoming, we would have been right there. So my whole thing is, yes, I think. The key for us is we've got to be in tougher MTs, and I think you'll see that moving forward. We're always going to try with a really hard neutral site game. Like we scheduled Santa Clara, and they're right outside top 100. They could be quad two. Dropped one last night. Um, so, you know, you want to keep your fans engaged. You know, I think we've been able to do that. Um, and you certainly want to put yourself in that position to where you're in the hunt for it. And we are in the hunt for it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if... I don't know what the answer is. I think we're all – we look back every year and we look at the schedules to see what really does it. So you you really can't argue with – he's obviously playing within the rules. And, at, at, you know, had there not been to this, this loss to Air Force, it would have looked like that recipe had – Really worked swimmingly, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that you could really do in theory is, you know, he said we're going to schedule more competitive, uh, better, you know, better teams in MTEs. The only thing that you could potentially do is if you get an invite to one, you could say no thanks, I guess, in theory. But teams also know that they want to get in as many of these as possible and the Lobos went to Vegas twice. The only one that really did him any lick of good in that particular you know, case, you mentioned Santa Clara, the only one that helped him at all. So that's about it. And then, and then beyond that, scheduling the non-conference games that you possibly can, and that's going to be what's going to impact this as much as anything else. But at the same time, though, we always have to remember, if, if you feel a certain way about this non-conference schedule now, imagine how it would have been. Like, like, there was probably a different feeling about this when they scheduled Louisiana Tech, when they scheduled some of these teams a couple of years ago, because there's also the other side of it that Louisiana Tech is a better team now when they scheduled that game. Here's what, like, you you schedule these games, you have no, normally you used to be able to know that uh, X program was going to be a, a, a team that finished in the bottom half of the, but like when you schedule these games out there, next thing you know, some coach gets in there who's got like, 
total transfer portal connections, and you know you you've, you've got a team that that's more competitive than you might have thought. You know, and also with the ACC, like uh, be better, be better. Your, your conference is is very top heavy, and you got a disappointing year. Miami, after getting to the Final Four last year, Miami season has been a disaster. Duke had that bad loss to Wake Forest. Uh, Clemson Clemson has actually been one of the biggest stories in all of college basketball this year, so he's kind of got a case there where he's trying to pump up his own team, but the ACC is... is oh, meh. All right, well, I'll tell you what, this. Another reason why San Diego State is getting a lot of love. Last, like, bracketology, you saw them on the three line? Uh, was From that Jerry, Jerry Palm? Palm? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, in case you're wondering there, San Diego State played the 10th hardest non-conference schedule. They uh, they, they sit at 26 now, so obviously the Mountain West schedule has hurt their strength of schedule. Uh, and I mentioned Boise, number 24 in the country in the non-conference there. Uh, so that's why kind of people forgot about them a little bit before they got to the conference season. But yeah, Boise, uh, 24 non-conference. Now they're sitting at, at 69. And they're, they're kind of the poster child for exactly like they would be the ones that the NCAA would almost put on this pedestal and make a commercial about and see what good things happen. Cause this is always the ideal scenario is you get battle-tested during the non-conference, right? You play all these tough games, so the hope is that by the time you get to Mountain West play, you're ready, and nothing's going to surprise you, and you know how to be in these dogfight games, and that's really what Boise State has has to hang their hat on. That's the one that everybody would try to say, if we could just be like that, but it's also so much easier said than done. All right, well, um, we're going to shift a little bit, just for about 15 minutes or so, uh, and talk about a couple of interesting comments today from some of the top quarterback prospects in this year's NFL draft. We know that's still eight weeks away, but you'll be interested in that, and you'll be interested in Marvin Harrison Jr. We'll tell you what that's all about when we come back. Sam Hauser, Joe O'Neill, Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, The Team.